the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now on this week's podcast, I want to talk about the role of emotional literacy. Whilst it is a word that has increased in its use over the last few years and something that so many people are talking about, I sometimes question how much we actually understand about it. I've worked as a therapist for nearly 10 years and since the pandemic, something that I have really noticed is the large number of children from the ages of sort of five or six right the way up to sort of their late teens who are really struggling to understand and express their emotions. And since the pandemic, there has been an increasing gap in that emotional literacy of children and something that I'm really seeing as a consistent is the number of behaviour issues, the frequency of dysregulation in children, the real difficulty children are having expressing their feelings, feeling comfortable expressing their feelings, that there's lots of extremes, there's children who are completely dissociated and numb most of the time versus those who are becoming very anxious, very angry, very worried most of the time, really flitting between sort of fight or flight mode and freeze mode consistently. There's a huge quantity of children that are coming to therapy who are expressing having less friends, struggling that they don't have a friendship group or they don't have a best friend or that their friendship group is changing most of the time. And overall, that just children's tolerance levels for the world have just really reduced. And so many parents get in touch who are just so desperately worried. Now, in my work as a therapist, it's something that I have really seen an increase in is that so many children actually cannot identify what their feelings are. That when you actually ask them what the different feelings are, where they are in their bodies, what they mean, they really have a complete gap in their understanding. And this is leading to a lot of children who just can't express how they're feeling, so they tend to rely on words such as sad or bored. And so everything that they feel is sad, everything they feel is bored, everything they feel is angry or anxious, because once they have a word, they're trying to use it. And when you then introduce new emotional terms such as like overwhelm or apathy, children sort of don't understand what these words mean. They don't have that emotional literacy to grasp what is happening inside their own bodies. There was a study done post-pandemic commissioned by the Education Endowment Foundation and it was conducted by a team at the University of York and they reviewed 100 schools and more than 3,000 children. And the study found that the proportion of children in their sample that were reaching the expected levels in all areas, so communication and language, physical development, literacy, maths and personal social and emotional development, was 59% in 2021, compared to 72% for 2019. And that difference is equivalent to on average three more children in every classroom not reaching their expected levels by the end of the school year. Obviously, when studies like this are conducted, they're really reviewing children in terms of academic outcomes and I think something that I would really like to see more of is actually children being measured in terms of like life skills in terms of that emotional literacy their ability to connect with others to be able to express their needs and understand what's going on within them when children have good emotional literacy and self-regulation it means that later on as an adult they can recognize their feelings they can respond to them they can regulate themselves and calm their inner storms 
They can resist highly emotional, overwhelming responses to triggers. They're able to control their emotions or redirect them to positive actions. They can adjust to changes in situations and manage unpredictability. They have higher levels of resilience and confidence and self-esteem. And it actually helps them then to focus more on their goals and targets and manage failure more constructively. What we're really seeing is an increase in the number of young people that as soon as they're dysregulated, everything's falling apart. That if something's not easy, that they're procrastinating. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of people commenting how much screen time children are using. And actually what we need to start addressing is that screen time is often a form of procrastination. By hiding in my phone or hiding in my iPad or on my computer system, I'm actually able to better manage those uncomfortable feelings because it's calming me down. Overall, we're seeing, I think, this across the board, the number of people that, you know, will use food, alcohol, cigarettes to self-soothe themselves. And these aren't new behaviours. We just seem to focus more on what children are doing. And I think, actually, if we took the time to look across that spectrum in a much wider sense, we might find that actually there's a lot more people doing a lot more things. When we're dysregulated, our ability to be able to manage and respond to our internal storm actually means that we might have very big emotional reactions to situations. We might have a huge build-up of distress, which leads to a massive outburst or a collapse. We might have very disruptive behaviours, might be very unpredictable in situations. Struggling with emotional meltdowns, anxiety, arguments, or being very aggressive. In other senses, children might become extreme perfectionists, or they might utilise self-harming behaviours. And when we start thinking about some of the things that children are struggling with, I think we're actually seeing a lot of adults struggling with these same things too. For any of you that have been following my articles and we've been talking about actually why are people more angry post-pandemic, it's beginning to actually identify how many people are really struggling with what's going on internally. For children who struggle with their emotional literacy, you might find they really struggle to tell you how they feel. They might tell you that, I don't know. They might use those same words such as sad or bored or anxious might become overwhelmed really quickly but not be able to tell you why. They might not know the names of feelings, they might not know what feelings feel like, they might not know what the sensations are telling them, they might, might find it really challenging to move out of their feelings, becoming very stuck, which leads us to things like getting frustrated, angry, irritable, being in fight, flight, freeze or fawn mode all the time, being really hyper attuned to the risks and threats and problems, pointing out to you what might go wrong and wanting to stay at home. They might be trying to over-control the room, the home, their classroom to manage their anxiety or really struggle with adaptations or changes to their routines. You might find that they're really using physical behaviours to demonstrate their frustration, whether that's hitting or kicking or biting or shouting, pushing, throwing things. You might find they're dysregulating to meltdowns really quickly. They might find that actually any kind of feedback they see as criticism or that everybody hates them or they're exhausted for long periods after an event has happened, really struggling to bring themselves back round or reconnect with the world. When we're beginning to think about children's emotional literacy skills, for me, this is one of our priorities right now. It's something that we really need to start giving much more attention to. We really need to start thinking through on a different level. Because when children don't have emotional literacy, as adults, they struggle even more. And the older we get and the more complex our relationships and friendships become, having that lack of emotional literacy can really hinder children's connections with others, which contributes to the high levels of loneliness that we're seeing across the board right now. There are other factors that contribute to our emotional literacy. And 
what we need to be cautious of is yes they contribute but actually if a child has no emotional literacy and they haven't been taught how to understand their feelings and respond to them then these things are not going to change that but they do contribute to their ability to take on board that information so if children's nutrition is struggling so if they are living off of high quantities of processed foods and sugars we are going to find they're going to find it much harder to regulate themselves children who aren't hydrated enough and really struggling with water intake often find that actually they're much more apathetic really struggling with concentration and focus the amount of sleep that we're having and the quality of that sleep physical activity and exercise something that i so often see in the children that i see for therapy and coaching is the number of children that we have those conversations around how much physical activity we're getting is a generation that is sitting so much of the time that we have more desk jobs and working from home than ever before actually constructing that time to be more active has become vital to our mental health and well-being the amount of screen time that we have and also the quality of the screen time that we're having there is a huge difference between sitting watching documentaries versus sitting watching something that has got no context to it or isn't teaching us anything so really thinking about that screen time and how much we're using and how are we monitoring that and also considering our environment how much noise is there what's the lighting like what's the temperature like the smells and how much clutter is in that environment all contribute to our levels of emotional regulation and our emotional literacy so what can we do When we're thinking about emotional regulation, it actually means that we as adults need to be guiding and coaching children to be able to do a number of things. To identify the sensations that happen in their bodies, to recognise that sensation and link it to what the feeling is, to think it through and identify what's happening and why it might be happening, to make a plan to respond to it and then to be able to execute that plan with or without help. Sometimes we need to step back and actually check in with ourselves about how easily we find it to recognise our own emotions because what I am seeing is there are a greater number of adults that really struggle with their own emotional literacy and therefore they don't notice because we can't notice something that we don't have ourselves that their children can't do those things either. Because this isn't something that is fundamentally taught as a teacher, I spent 10 years of my career teaching, spent 10 years before that working in the early years sector, This isn't something that's taught when you look at the curriculums for teaching qualifications or early years qualifications. So we're placing a lot of responsibility on a lot of practitioners to be filling these gaps who actually themselves don't necessarily understand them. So we're really wanting to be thinking about actually how we're going about embarking on supporting children with these skills. So some things that we can start to do right now is actually whether we are practitioners working with children or whether we are parents or carers is actually thinking about how we're managing our own stress. What are we doing to ensure that we're not escalating and that we're not contributing to children really finding it difficult to regulate themselves? So therefore, we really think about how we're managing our own stress, how we're responding to our own stress and how we're meeting our own needs so that we can better meet our children's emotional needs. If children are dysregulated, remembering that it's actually not about us. As Paul Malt says, we they are like we are not the star of their movie. It's very much about what's happening with them. It's not a reflection of us and actually we need to remember that they need us to become their safe space we need to help them calm down their brains we need to help them show that they are safe so they can calm the whole system down and remove themselves from that fight or flight response so stepping back and remembering that very often children will really challenge us and we can take it very very personally to actually it's not about us but we are often their safest place and the place where they will express all those ugly feelings 
and how we respond next is a huge contributor to how they manage to respond and whether they show that to us again in the future. We want to be thinking about how we're expanding emotional vocabulary, whether that is through role play or conversations or stories or games, also through our own modelling. How are we modelling emotional literacy ourselves? If we're having a really bad day, rather than completely suffocate it, I am not one for oversharing with children because they don't need to be carrying around adult problems. But what we can say is, you know, I'm going to have a bath tonight because I've just felt really overwhelmed today and I just need to calm my body down, is really showing children, do you know what, I have big feelings too, but this is something that I do to help them. Or, do you know, this week has just been really stressful, so I think on Saturday I'm going to take myself for a walk in the fresh air because I know it's just going to make me feel better. Or... I know that actually sitting down this week has made me feel quite frustrated, so I'm going to get out and do some exercise tomorrow. Do you want to come? He's actually modelling to children. I have an emotion. This is why I have the emotion, and this is what I'm going to do about it. So children start to build those connections themselves and start thinking, right, when I've got a big emotion, this is what I do. The challenge we have when we never express emotions in front of children is that actually they can think that emotions are all bad. All of our feelings are completely justified and okay what is different is we need to know how to respond to them and what to do. So actually remembering that it's actually okay to say, do you know what, I'm feeling really frustrated today or I'm feeling really irritable today so I need to go and do X, Y or Z to go and help that calm down. We're saying to children, do you know what, I have feelings too. And actually what you're feeling, what I'm feeling, they're both absolutely fine. The difference is, is how I'm going to react to it next. And the last one is thinking about regulation strategies. What are we doing to help children to regulate themselves? So we're thinking about often in that window after school when they can often really be struggling and they need to decompress. What are we doing in that like 30 to 60 minutes when we get home from school? Often children actually do not need to be doing homework. They need to be doing something that actually gets their energy out. It helps them regulate, helps them to move their bodies. It helps them to actually really process what's happening. Depending on whether your child is a child who experiences hyper-stress, so feeling very overwhelmed by stress, or whether they are a child who experiences hypo-stress and becomes quite underwhelmed. For some children, they might need a quiet space. They might need to curl up with some pillows and a weighted blanket. For other children, they might actually need to get outside and bounce on a trampoline or run around the park. So start to think about what do our children need and how can we better support them to manage that. So that they start to recognise that they can actually make their feelings feel better and that we can just temporarily move out of them. So there's a real, I suppose, emphasis on we need to start looking at emotional literacy as the long game. It's not something we're going to change in a day. It's not something that we superficially put on our curriculums or into our weeks and go, you know, I've done it now. It's something that we're going to keep recurringly come back to with children and teenagers. And actually, even for some of us as adults, it's something that's a really beneficial thing to come back to reflect on and review and consider where am I going next. So until next time, stay safe, stay talking, start thinking about how we're expressing emotions and we'll see you soon for more Gritty Growing Up. Stay safe, keep open-minded and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.